Roto Grinders presents your first word in daily fantasy sports. The Morning Grind, Stevie TPFL and Company are here to jumpstart your analysis on today's DFS slate. Without further ado, here's your host, Stephen Young. Hey everyone, welcome to the Roto Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Thursday, it is July 18th, it's 2019, and we have 12 baseball games to talk about here on today's slate. Eight games on the main slate, four on the early slate. We'll break them both down here. Joined by my friend Jordan Cooper, Blender HD. How are you doing, my friend? Good. If I had better social graces, I would congratulate you. On? On uh, big news over the weekend? Oh, um, so not Grant, PFS related. That's what I said. I don't have many much social graces. Yeah, Grant. Um, Grant totally butchered that one. I was go. I was on a baby moon. So my wife is due in October, um, and it's like it's this thing where you like go on a romantic getaway one last time before the baby comes. So that's what we were doing. Um, this okay. Past well, I mean that's something to congratulate at least. Yeah. Yeah. Say thank you. Um, I would take it. It was fun. It was. It was good times. I appreciate you filling in. Um, doing the podcast on Monday. Um, that was that was a huge help because um, yeah, got to spend spend an extra couple of days with my wife, and um, it's gonna have to wait so. wait till October where uh, where like I don't have any kids because like in my mind they're so negative EV. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> so like in the in the game of life, kids are the rake. So I and the thing is is that uh, we think rake is high in DFS. It's much higher with kids. No comment. Um, I have a seven-year-old, so I know how much the rake is. Um, <laughs> um, speaking of rake, if you guys haven't checked out our sponsor, make sure you head on over there. Check them out. It is fantasydraft.com. Sign up through the Roto-Grinders links. That way you get three months of Roto-Grinders premium for Fantasy Draft. Plus, you'll get any access to promos that we run with them. They do have some rake-free DFS news coming out. Uh, we're supposed to get that news here soon. Um, we've talked about it on the podcast before. So if you haven't checked them out, make sure you head on over there to check them out. Let's talk about this four-game early slate. We get started with San Diego at Miami. It's a 7.5 total. It's Denelson Lamette against Caleb Smith. Um, what's your thoughts here on Lamette? Well, I mean, we, we've seen him in the past. I know he was out all last year. But, I mean, he has strikeout ability. He's facing the Marlins. Do we have to ask any more than that? Yeah, and he's a righty. Like, you know, like he's a right-handed pitcher with a slider. Um, you know, he has that strikeout pitch against right-handed bats. So uh, I'm with you. Um, I, I think this is a spot that Lamette's really interesting, 8,500. We know he has plenty of strikeout ability um, from what we saw before. So uh, I like Lamette a lot here, uh, you know, depending on if I want to pair him with Caleb Smith on the other side of this game. Um, you know, Smith's a guy that, We've been able to trust a good bit this season, but when we look at his stats, 229 ISO against righties, a lot of fly balls, a lot of hard contact to righties. He does have the strikeout ability. Facing a very right-handed heavy Padres team, what's your thoughts here on Caleb Smith? Well, I think he's going to end up being low-owned in GPPs because uh, we have Sale at 10K and then Lamed at 8,500, and then we have other good pitchers on this little four-game slate. So he has enough upside against, you know, that the Padres do strike out regardless of the, the side of the plate. So, you know, I I could definitely see playing Smith on a four-game slate if he's going to be under 10% owned. Yeah, um, you know, four-game slate, only eight pitchers. Uh, you can rule out a couple of them. Um, so... I can rule out a couple of them anyway. Um, but yeah, I think that Smith is certainly in play. But looking at the Padres bats, like I would not talk you off of Machado, Renfro, Reyes. I think those guys are all very much in play here against Smith, who, like I said, gives up a ton of power and it's hard and hard contact to right-handed hitters. Right. And even don't forget about Mejia and Kinsler, the, the guys at the bottom of the order, because I mean, they're under three K and, they both still have enough power. I know it's Miami, and it's not a, not, not the greatest of ballparks. But like I said, it's a four-game slate. You can have to differentiate somewhere. So I could see playing, you know, a, a four-man stack, including those bottom kind of hitters, so you could pay up and even pay for two uh, top starting pitchers. Yeah, um, sure. I, I, you know, anytime you can, you know, save some money, I'm always down. So. Uh, Miami bats, anything that's kind of standing out to you here from Miami? Well, I mean, I would say Garrett Cooper, but 4,500 seems a little steep 
on this slate to to play him. I mean, they don't ha- really have that much power. I mean, Lamed could get could get hit up a little. I mean, power wise, but I just don't see it in this lineup. Uh, that the the only benefit to playing the Marlins is that they should be lower owned. But I mean, you could get away with a Walker for thirty three hundred at third base. Uh, I mean, Castro's always cheap, but I mean. This is not, this is really not the spot. I mean, Alfaro is either four strikeouts or possible a home run, but I'm, I'm the Marlins aren't cheap enough for me to be that interested in them. Yeah, I don't really like anything on the Marlins side of things. Like you said, Garrett Cooper, you know, piques my interest a little bit. Then you look at his price, you know, yeah, no chance. Um, Dodgers at Philadelphia, nine total. Ross Stripling, Aaron Nola, pick them game. Um, any interest here in Ross Stripling? Uh, not not a chance. Not against the uh, Phillies. Yeah, I don't really like the spot, and it, it's not really the matchup. It's just more the you know the pitch count. Like I'm, I'm going to have plenty of options on on a four game slate at pitching, and I think Stripling is a really good real life pitcher. It's just I don't see him really going over 80 pitches much um, when he's in this role. So for me, it's a pitch count thing. I don't expect him to pitch too deep here, and you know for that I I can stay away. Plus, he's facing Philadelphia in Philly. It's a day game. It's going to be nice and hot. Um, it's not a good spot. Um, Aaron Nola, we know one thing about Aaron Nola. He has strikeout ability. He has good stuff. Uh, when he does struggle, it's usually lefties, and there's quite a few lefties in this Dodgers lineup. Right, and, and this spot is going to be a very wide range of outcomes. And I can see Nola's ownership being way low, too low for a four-game slate because – uh, everyone's going to be scared off by the Dodgers lefties and Chris sale is 400 cheaper. So uh, if you think sale is going to get blown up by the, the blue Jays and you don't want to take uh, one of the pitchers in the Padres Marlins game, I mean, Nola has 30 plus point upside uh, against. I know that I, who knows what the Dodgers lineup. I mean, this is an afternoon game and they're, they're playing late now after uh, the rain delay. So we may see some changes in this lineup, but I mean, if you see Bellinger, Muncie, if you see all the, the lefties, Jock Peterson in, like it's just going to lower Nola's ownership. And you can't say that he doesn't have the, the the upside to get there. So really to me, it's an ownership play. If he ends up in the 16 to 20% range, I probably have no interest in him. Yeah, it's, it's an ownership thing. If he's going to be low owned, I don't mind taking a shot, but I usually only play one lineup on these small slates and I probably won't end up playing him. I'll probably end up eating the chocolate pitcher and playing sale, but that's me. Um, because there, there is a game that I really like some bats and we'll get there in a minute, but, uh, let's talk bats here. I think all the Dodger lefties are certainly in play here. Um, Ver, 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 Verdugo, Verdugo. I, man, I want to say Vertigo every time I see that dude's name, but, uh, Verdugo, he wasn't in the lineup on Wednesday. He should be back in the lineup batting second here. I think he's really interesting. Bellinger, Muncie, Peterson, all these guys that have the power upside. Seager, this ballpark's great for left-handed power. And, you know, Nola, when he does struggle, it's usually against lefties. Right. The Dodgers, to me, are just like the Yankees. Like, doesn't even matter what the matchup is. They're one of the best hitting teams in baseball. Uh, they could go off uh, at any point. I think the lefties will be fairly... Popular, but not as popular because Nola's, you know, on the other side. But I mean, you could, to me, you could get away with one offs. I'm not a big fan of stacking against Nola, but uh, like a guy like Muncie that's a second eight, uh, base eligible, and Pollock is is cheap at 3,800. So playing him uh, or Seeger at shortstop because it fills a, a weak shortstop position. Uh, but but I'm not. I'm probably not going to like five man this. Yeah, I don't know if I find man any of these teams on this smaller slate. Like, we'll we'll see what have slate IQ has to say about it um, in the morning. But yeah, I think I'm gonna kind of. I don't know if I five man stack anything. I don't really like a team enough to five man stack them. So you don't have um, to like a team to five man stack them. That is to, true. You just have to have the balls to do it. <laughs> that is true. Um, don't disagree with that at all. Um, Philly bats. Like when we're looking at the Philly side of things, like. Stripling's kind of been a little bit of reverse splits this season. And when we dig into the pitches, like his slider's just not been good against right-handed bats this season. I think that has a lot to do with it. Uh, his fastball has been really bad against righties this season. So I don't mind, you know, getting some exposure to some of these right-handed bats, guys like Hoskins. And, you know, I hate paying up for Kingery, but like the, the numbers continue to tell us that he's, you know, certainly in play every day. 
I just don't like the prices. I mean, I I I like the matchup, but I mean, forty seven hundred for Real Muto. I mean, we're uh, Michael Franco batting seventh or eighth, forty two hundred, and then finally DK got the memo that Bryce Harper is actually halfway decent, so he's five K. I know he's a lefty, but we've seen him around like forty one, forty two hundred. So like the first thing I was gonna do is like, okay, let's see how cheap Harper is, and you ain't getting a discount there again. So like, it's it's to me, I'd love to attack. Stripling in the Dodgers pen on this four game slate, but like I, I I can't see. I mean, even the one offs like you take Koskins, but I mean you can play other first basemen. So it, it it's very very similar to to uh, the Dodgers where like like the price like kind of gets you off of them. Yeah, uh, I, I hear you. Um, moving on to Toronto and Boston, Thomas Panone against, um, a boy, Chris sale. Um, any interest here in Panone Panone uh, against the Red Sox? No. Yeah. Even though he's a lefty and they, they started the season kind of struggling against lefties. Like that's a hard pass for me, especially with the bullpen behind him. Um, Chris sale, I, he's going to be the ultra chalk. Like it, there's no doubt about it. Um, Chris sale being 10 K facing Toronto. He's going to be ultra chalk here. He is struggling. Like, and two of those starts that he struggled in has been against this Toronto team. Like, there's a, at some point, like, you have to, you know, think about this struggle, but I'm going to play him. Yeah. I mean, even if, uh, you know, I'm playing 50 lineups or something, uh, if sales going to be like 50% owned, I'd still be under the field, but under the field being like 35 to 40% of it because, like, I'm, interested in playing some blue Jays because they'll probably be lower owned against sale. But I mean, it, it when Caleb Smith's 9,200 and Aranola's 10, four and sales, 10 K. If you go, just go by long-term form, like sale is the best play out of the bunch. Yeah. He, he has been struggling recently, but he still has a 36% strikeout rate on the season against right-handed bats. They're going to have enough righties in here. They'll probably have six or seven righties. So the upside for sales here. You know, this team is a team that strikes out quite a bit against right-handed pitch or left-handed pitching. So a lot of upside here for sale. And um, hopefully people game log watch him. I, I highly doubt it. I think, you know, just because of the price, he's going to be very popular. Um, but like I said, I'm playing him. Uh, let's talk Toronto bats. You know, you said it. They're going to be low owned uh, against sale. And they've gotten to him two, two times recently, you know, not like, massive games but it's a four game slate do you really need them to have a massive slate or a massive game to really kind of break the slate right there are two bats in this game that i'm going to keep on playing until i'm even and that's vlad guerrero and jd martinez so just like i don't want to miss out on the slate because i've been playing them like seemingly every day because they've been underpriced vlad is 3600 he's actually cost more versus sale than he did this past day and jd martinez is 4500 it's just like Based on projections, you kind of gotta play them, and I don't want to be like uh like holding my hat when when they go off and I didn't play them. <laughs> yeah, JD's way too cheap. We'll, we'll, we we could talk about him in a second, but yeah, I've been playing Vlad quite a bit. Um, you just hoping for that big game, waiting for that big game to happen, and it just continues not to happen, and you're just like, I keep playing you. Um, and that, that's just where we're at with Vlad 3,600. We know the type of raw power that he has just in general. Um, all he needs is a sale to leave one of those fastballs over the plate. And, um, you know, he can certainly punish it looking at the Boston side. You know, you talked about JD Martinez. He's been great against left-handed pitching this season, 397 ISO 500 Woba Xander Bogarts has been really good against lefties this season as well. Um, I don't know if I'd fully stack them, but I, I certainly don't hate a full stack. It's just pricing. They're really expensive, um, and it's tough to stack Boston fully here. Right, especially when you want to take righties. So Betts, Bar Bogarts, Martinez, Vasquez, 4500 They got to start lowering his price. Maybe Chavis, but he's 4600 So you'll kind of look at this and go, go one-offs, two-mans. I mean, I know in a four-game slate, you don't have to do, like, full five-mans. You could do, like, a 4-3-1 or a 3-3-2 three, three, or something like that. But uh, but I know the line isn't out on this, but I'm going to assume that the Red Sox are going to have the highest implied run total. They should. Yeah, I don't disagree with you at all. You know, having the run total for the Dodgers in the Phillies game already, um, I would I would expect 
the Red Sox implied total to be five and a half to six and a half here, somewhere in those lines. So, um, all right, moving on to the last game on this early slate, we got the White Sox and the Royals. Ross Detweiler against Brad Keller. Um, I'll be honest, Jordan, when we're looking at this game, I don't like either one of these pitchers, and I absolutely love this game. We're looking at a game that is going to feature by far the best weather uh, of the day. It's super humid in Kansas City. It's going to have 15-mile-an-hour winds blowing straight out to center field. And first pitch is 91 degrees with massive amount of humidity here. My, my favorite pitcher is in this game. Oh, no. Okay. All right. I was right the last time. All right. Brad Keller. Uh, I don't mind playing a pitcher against a team that's batting John Jay fifth. <laughs> Listen, I hear you. I mean, look, uh, Glenn Sparkman, complete game shutout. I mean, Danny Duffy had a good outing. I mean, how do you not play... How do you not play pitchers against the White Sox? You mentioned the weather. That's only if they make contact with the ball. <laughs> so right? <true. laughs> so I take a look. Yes, the I, Moncada, quality hitter. Abreu, quality hitter. And then it's like you get strikeouts and no power. I mean, like the bottom, Ryan Cordell, A.J. Reed, Yolmer Sanchez, Charlie Tilson. I mean, who are we talking about here? I mean, I'm not saying that Brad Keller is going to go and throw a gem, but he's 5,500 on a sl on a four game slate where look, we've mentioned so many like good bats that are we say are too expensive, but if you use Keller with sale, you could get all those bats. Yeah, I, I hear you. Um, I I probably won't do it on my one team, but I told Grant he was crazy when he was trying to talk me on the Sparkman the other day, and we we saw how that worked out. So I'm not going to call you crazy. Um, maybe I should, if I called you crazy, maybe Keller go out and throw a great game. Um, I, I do like right-handed pitching against the White Sox. I don't like left-handed pitching against the White Sox. I think you continue to target them with righties. Uh, they have, <laughs> they have seven guys in their lineup with strikeout rates over 23% against right-handed pitching this season. Now Reed is very limited sample. So obviously like that could change and, you know, come down some, but everything we've seen with Reed so far, he's a guy that's going to strike out. So he does have pop. Um, I hear you on Keller, but that doesn't mean that's not going to stop me from playing some of the bats here um, from the White Sox side of things. So I like Moncada. I like Abreu. I like Reed on Fanduel if he's still min salary. Um, seeing that you can play two first basemen over there, AJ Reed's twenty one hundred. Uh, that's going to be one of the ways that I'm going to kind of save some money here, uh, especially if they're going to continue to hit him in the four spot. So don't mind looking at some of these uh, White Sox bats um, even against Keller who. Strikeout rate's not that great, and, um, you know, I, like I said, the weather is just phenomenal for hitting in this game. Sparkman had, what, eight strikeouts against this team? And I he know. Has, he has no strikeout I, ability. I know. I, 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 I hear you. I'm playing one to five Royals, because if you're telling me about the hitting weather, I mean, we, we got uh, Dozier and Soler have great five ball rates. Merrifield could get them. As, as long as the ball bounces in the outfield, he could get doubles and steals. I mean, I'm not big on paying 4100 for Chelsea Cuthbert, but who else am I paying for on this slate? So, like, I look at this as if I'm going to stack anything at reasonable prices in good hitting conditions that aren't as expensive as the Red Sox. Like, I look at the Royals, and maybe people won't play them. Maybe people will play the the, the Dodgers lefties. Maybe people will play the Red Sox. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to look on the slate going where, where the chalk bats are going to be. But, like, if you pay up for bats, like, what pitchers are you playing? Because you're not playing a combination of, like, Keller and Pannone because that doesn't make any sense, or Stripling or something. So, like, I, I need to pay down a little. So that's why the the, the White Sox bats I, I get from a price perspective. It's just that they're horrible. I like the Royal side more. Um, I was just saying that I am I don't mind playing some of the White Sox bats, especially A.J. Reed over there on FanDuel, but... I'm a, I'm a much a much more interested in the Royal side of this game. Dozier, Solaire, even Starling, Bubba Starling. Yeah, 30, like Starling, super cheap. Like you know, Gallagher is a cheap catcher. I'm guessing. Um, I haven't even looked, but I, I would guess that he's pretty cheap. So I I like the Royal side of this game because there's a bunch of different ways you can stack the Royals here too. So if I'm looking to get like a three or four man, I think there's a good way that you could do it with the Royals, and there's a bunch of different ways to do it. So have to kind of see what the lineup looks like i i hope duda and is not in there and maybe you know one of these other guys gets a chance like gutierrez i don't even know if he's up with the team right now but i'm kind of hoping it's one of those guys um that we can kind of take advantage of the 
the handiness. Um, I think Gutierrez is still with the team. So uh, maybe not. Nope. Looks like he's down in AAA. So I'll shut up about him. But um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what this lineup looks like if, if they have Duda and those guys in there with the lefties. Yeah, but I mean, just expect if you do play Duda that it's if you're playing on a site that counts positive points for strikeouts, you're going to do great. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Um, that is true. All right, um, let's move on to the main slate here. Um, you know, luckily we don't have to worry about that Yankees game. It, you know, it, it looks ugly again, so don't really have to worry about the early one. Kind of have to worry about the later one, though. We get started with the second half of the doubleheader. It is Charlie Morton against Chad Green, nine and a half total. Uh, Green's a slight favorite. Do you have any interest here in Charlie Morton? I mean, you could. I'm not a. I'm not a big fan of attacking the Yankees. And at Yankee Stadium, I mean, it's a big ballpark downgrade for Morton. Uh, but, I mean, he does produce ground balls. He'll probably be lower owned on he'll, most I'm taking a look at some of the pitching here. And uh, maybe people, ah, no, that, he'll be lower owned. I think people, if they're going to pay up, they're going to go for Bauer. So, uh, I mean, that would be the only reason. But typically, I, I, I look at the Yankees' prices and I like their bats more than Morton. Yeah, I just it's so hard to play a pitcher against the Yankees. And I know Morton's been really good and they're they're already flip flopping like that it could be Torinos in the in the late slate. So we might not even have to worry about Morton. If it's Torinos, I'd zero zero interest in, in Torinos if he is the guy that pitches the second half. But for me, it, it's just one of those things that I do think Charlie Morton has upside just just about any time he takes the field. He's a guy that generates ground balls, he doesn't give up a tremendous amount of hard contact. He's been very good against righties. So this team having a lot of right-handed power, like I could see Rhodes to Charlie Morton having a good game here, but it's just so hard to click the button um, when you know that Bauer is only $800 more facing a terrible Detroit team. So that's kind of where I'm at. Um, As far as, I guess it's going to be Chad Green in the second half, which or the second game, which means there's probably going to be a bullpen type game, right? Like, right. Yeah. I and mean, in 5,700, he's too, he's too expensive for someone that may only pitch two innings. Yeah. That's what he's usually been doing. Um, you know, it's been around two innings for him. So we'll have to kind of see if we get news, who's going to be the guy behind him. Um, but you, I don't usually attack these situations. I, I hate these long re- situations. Right. I mean, it's not like Chad green is uh Jesse Chavez. Yeah, for all the people that played him, I appreciate it. <laughs> um, let's talk bats here. Tampa, it's it's really tough not knowing um, who the who the guy is going to be, and like we probably won't have this lineup if that game does start. The first first half of the doubleheader starts at you know three o'clock. We probably won't even have the lineup. So this is going to be one of those spots that's kind of interesting as far as you know if you want to take shots on some of these bats, and if we we find out who the pitching pitcher is going to be. Right, but no matter who the Yankees throw out there, I mean, these raised bats have, have kind of been priced up. I mean, for the context of this slate, I'm not really interested in paying 4800 for Fam or 4600 for Diaz. Kiermaier's 4400. I mean, like they're all in like the mid fours. I mean, Darno is now up to 4600. He fills a catcher spot, so that I mean that gives him a little bit more credit. But like, I'm not thrilled. The Yankees bullpen isn't bad. And uh, there's nothing. I mean, Brousseau isn't cheap anymore. So I, I look at there. It's tough to stack because the three outfielders in their lineup. So I could see a one-off here and there. But I'm, I'm there's there's no one in this Rays lineup that I'm looking out of my way to get. While in the Yankees lineup, I'm much more interested in that, even against Morton. Man, my boy Nate Lowe. Don't forget about my boy Nate Lowe. If he's um, even in, if he's even, I, in, I mean, we don't know. He's my dude. I love that guy. He's crushing the ball. I hope he sits the first game, and then, then you know he'll play the second game. But anyway, um, yeah, the Yankees bats against Morton. You know, you could stack the Yankees every day, and you you could definitely be there. But I think it's gonna be interesting here. Like, what type of ownership are are they gonna get um, if we don't have the lineup? Are, are people gonna roll the dice on the Yankees here against Charlie Morton, or are we gonna see a Yankee stack under ten percent, under five percent on an eight game slate? Well, do you think that people aren't going to play the Yankees because of the possible lack of a lineup or because they're scared of Morton? I think it could be both. I, I don't think the lineup will be out. I, I, you know, if this game starts at three o'clock, we say it gets over at six thirty, seven o'clock. They're not going to have a second lineup out that fast. Yeah. And, but 
obviously we'll see the first lineup. But even if like, for, for, I mean, the main, I think the main person you're looking for in the lineup that you would need to know is Sanchez. Now, even if Sanchez catches the first game, he can, he could DH the second game. So that doesn't necessarily mean that he won't play. So like, I, I'm not sure what the plan for, I mean, you have to play it by year at six o'clock or so Eastern, but I mean, the prices, I mean, you could, I'm not, I don't think about stacking. I'm just like, I may take a judge one off at 4,400, a Sanchez one off at 4,300. Got Didi is 3,600. Even Glaber Torres is 3,900, depending on what the order is. Aaron Hicks is, is up and batting, you know, second or third or something. He's 3,900. Now, not knowing what the order is, it's going to be tough for me to build stacks, but I have no problem playing, you know, one, one to three mans. And then worst case scenario, I mean, I mean, this game is scheduled. It's I'm, are, would some would DraftKings push back the the lock time of the game? They might. I I don't see them do that very often, but I wouldn't be shocked if they maybe do it. But I think it, it's tough to do that, right? Like, right? Because I'd I, say to if if they if they moved it back, like you could have some of these guys in your lineup, and then if they're not in, at least switch off to to another game. You know, one of the later games. But like, if they stick to, I mean, this technically should be the first game to lock it's 705 so i don't know i mean because i i'd say this a gpp opportunity is to play them not knowing what the lineup is but it's kind of kamikaze because if you're playing a guy that's not in the lineup i mean that's that's a zero unless they're getting pinch hit for but uh i mean but them's the breaks for that i'm not thrilled about attacking morton so it's not like if this was a crappier pitcher I'd say maybe I would make more like five man Yankee stacks, but like, is the risk worth it? And I think we'll be able to judge more closer to lock time. Yeah. It's going to be one of those things. You're just going to really have to pay attention. And if Torino's, if Morton pitches the first game and Torino's is the pitcher, like it makes, you know, a well, big now difference. I like it a lot more. Yeah, I like it for much sure. more. Yep. All right. Detroit at Cleveland. Um, we have Matt Boyd against Trevor Bauer. Um, I like both these pitchers really, but let's start with Matt Boyd. Um, do you have interest here in Boyd? Uh, no one's going to play him. Like uh, that—that's the only reason I would have interest because no one's. I mean, for ninety-six hundred, on the context of this slate, uh, I, I can't see him being more than what six percent, seven percent owned against the uh, Indians who have currently a five implied run total. Yeah, and. You know, Matt Boyd has the highest swinging strike rate and the highest strikeout rate on the slate, and he's going to be a guy that's going to be lower owned just because. Just because um, I, I like it, I like the, I, I just like the tournament appeal of you know a guy that has a thirty two percent K rate and a fourteen percent swinging strike rate being low owned. I know when we look at the numbers for Cleveland this season against left handed pitching, they're not a team that strikes out a lot, but there are strikeouts here if they start rolling out these left handed bats. Uh, Matt Boyd is just dominant against lefties, uh, massive strikeout rate, doesn't walk lefties. He, he's just a guy that can go out and dominate lefties. So if they roll out like Kipnis and Bowers and and play these guys, like we, we get more upside with that. So I, I like Boyd. I, I agree with you. I think he'll be pretty low on here at 9,600. And I think he has a lot of tournament appeal and tournament upside here. So Obviously, it could not work out, but um, you got to remember a thing about Cleveland, too. A lot of these guys are ground ball hitters um, outside of Jose Ramirez and Luplo. A lot of ground balls, a lot of strikeouts um, towards the bottom of that lineup. Yeah, and Trevor Bauer, I think, is going to be the chalk of the slate because... He uh, should be. Right. I mean, the, the Tigers strike out a lot. They're righty-heavy, and Bauer could pitch, what, 700 pitches they'll let him throw? So, I mean, he has the, the highest ceiling and the highest floor of nearly any pitcher in the in the majors. Yeah, and that's just one one of the good things about Terry Francona. He lets his guys go. So Bauer, like you're paying 11k for him, but like even if he gets beat up a little bit here, um, I, I still see him getting you know 20 plus, probably 25 to 30, even if he if he gives up a couple runs. But if he goes out and dominates this game, I think this could be a game that he puts up 40 plus, and you know he, he's already put up 40 against this team once this season. Well, who's gonna who is he gonna get beat up by? Harold Castro? <laughs> it's baseball, man. It's variants. He can get Jordy, beat up by Jordy, Babbitt. Jordy Mercer ain't gonna have another two home run game <laughs> for the rest of his career. Yeah, like this stuff. Dixon, Dixon has power. 
a little bit. Stewart has a little bit of power. Yeah. Right, but that's why, like on the Tigers, if I'm not going to play Bauer, I don't mind taking one-off power. I don't mind playing, you know, Castellanos always, even though he's righty. But Candelario, no one seems to want to play Candelario, and he has some pop. I mean, Kristen Stewart's 3,600. I mean, Goodrum's 4K. I mean, you could fill a shortstop spot, but I'm not, I, I can't see playing a four or five man stack of these guys. But if Bauer's going to be extremely popular, the, these one offs are going to be lower owned also. All right. Um, yeah, I, I don't think I can play any of the Detroit bats. I don't think I can play many bats from this game in general. Like, I could see maybe a one off of Perez if you want to pay up a catcher just because, like, the dude mashes, um, and he's not overly expensive today at 3,800. Luplo maybe as a one-off, Mercado um, as a one-off, but I I don't probably like it, it's an eight-game slate. I don't really see myself using too many players in this game. Yeah, but we typically don't see Lindor as cheap as this at 4,400. All these guys are cheap. Just, this whole game is cheap. Well, like, Joe Ram really isn't cheap. I mean, he's been 4K, so it's not like he got that bright much of a price down. He went up right. a little bit. He got up to like 44. Eh. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't stack against Boyd. I wouldn't like, like the thing with Boyd is that Boyd could go out, throw six point uh, six and two thirds innings pitched, 10 strikeouts and still give up two home runs. So Boyd could have a great score and you could still have, you know, two Indians that are giving you, you know, 16 to 20 points each. So, I mean, just figure out which ones fit in. I'm more inclined to go with a non-outfielder like Lindor or, or Ramirez or Perez, then, you know, like Luplo is a matter of like for 3,800, you're either going to get that home run off of Boyd or you're going to get like 0 for 5 with four strikeouts. I really like the price on Perez today. Like this is a dude that has a 300 ISO um, against left-handed pitching this season. He strikes out a ton, but 300 ISO, 58% hard hit rate. Like if he makes contact, it's, it's, it's a 319 average air distance this season. So, like, if you want to, you don't get Perez this cheap usually. Like, he's a guy. This that, cheap? Who is? It's Roberto Perez. Why I know, but without him, like, he's like, he, a, I can't believe it. <laughs> hey, listen, I can't believe he's this cheap. I'm not lying. Like, he's a catcher that's been expensive all year. So, um, I can get a little excited about a catcher. I, I don't ever get excited about catchers. Right. I mean, he's dead. Uh, Kirk Suzuki is, is like 5K. So, I mean, <laughs> everyone looks cheap compared to him. That is true. Um, all right. Let's move on from this one. St. Louis at Cincinnati. We got a nine and a half total here. Dakota Hudson against Tanner Rorick. Um, any interest here in Dakota Hudson? Um, not at all. Not not in not in the great American ballpark. Yeah, and like his biggest struggle that we've seen so far with him has been lefties, 398 Woba, 231 ISO, you know, 17% K rate, 45% hard hit rate, only generating 10% soft contact. So like when we're looking at, you know, Hudson, his biggest struggles, lefties, then we add in this ballpark, we add in the lefties in this lineup, and it's just, it's a spot that I'll stay away from Hudson. I'm right there with you. Uh, Tanner Roark, another guy that struggles with lefties. The only thing that he has going for him here is this is a pretty right-handed heavy team, but I, I still, I, I don't think I've ever, I, I don't think I've played him Tanner Roark yet this season, and I'm not going to start today. No, this, this game has one of the higher totals on the slate for two teams that, I typically don't even like playing that much of, or or I do and then regret it. And now now we have the, the, the well because look the Cardinals aren't even cheap anymore. Now we start seeing people in the four thousand range, and that's like what happened to the cheap, you know, the thirty six hundred for everyone Cardinals. And I'd love to attack Rourke, but I mean, like yes, I could I could I could play any of these guys. I mean, they're easy to stack. That's what that's what, it always it always throws me because I can always go like Edmund Dijon, Goldschmidt, O'Neill, Weeders. And and like that fills all the spots that I want. Uh, you could do it. I mean, it's a ballpark upgrade for the Cardinals. So, I mean, you can do it. And you could obviously take one off power against Rourke. But like it, it I'd really would, would depend on what, what the, the ownership is going to be. Because if that's hitting weather over there, I like I don't I don't want to play a chalky forty three hundred dollar Goldschmidt. Yeah, I don't mind um, the St. Louis bats here. I, I like the lefties, but, you know, like you said, they're just, you know, Tommy Edmond is 4,100, and it's really hard to click that name. Um, you know, a guy that has three home runs on the season. So, 
Colton Wong uh, is a guy that I like here, maybe as a one-off. Um, you know, he's 3,600 second base. Uh, he's a guy that we know can just, you know, get into one every once in a while. So I don't mind Colton Wong. Don't mind DeJong. Don't mind Goldschmidt or O'Neal. Um, don't think I would fully stack them, but um, I, I think I like the red side of this game a little bit more. Like, I, I want to stack the reds here. Like, you, you can stack Winker, Dietrich. Jeanette, whoever is in there, um, I hate playing Votto, but I don't mind playing him at 3,700 in this spot against Hudson in this ballpark. So I, I like the red side of this game a little bit more than I like the Cardinals side. Right, and don't forget to put in Puig if you're going to stack it. I know 4,800, but Dakota Hudson's more of a ground ball pitcher. So I'm, I'm more inclined to take bats on the opposite side that have fly ball hitting ability. So like Puig and Senzel, no matter how they they they... Uh, organize their their lineup like don't forget about them just because they're righties or like Suarez I mean like th these are fly ball guys in a fly ball park the Reds have a 5.3 run total uh Hudson it's it's not like they're gonna it, he, he doesn't have that much strikeout ability so as long as they get contact on the ball I'm happy so it's just a matter of taking the power guys I, I'm not gonna play like if Gratterall is in a catcher 2800 I, I I haven't looked it up. It's it's his ISO must be like point nothing or something. So like he's he's worthless. Now, even though he fills a catcher spot, but just just don't just take the lefties. Uh, make sure to to think about the righties, even though they don't have the platoon advantage. Oh wait, I get a twenty eight hundred dollar catcher. Like sign me up. <laughs> you never go. Hey, you never get greater all that cheap. Uh, he was two K in his debut. Oh okay. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, with um, with Casali and Barnhart out, he should be the catcher, and he's a righty too. So I'd have to have to do a little digging and see if he has a fly ball rate, um, or if he's a ground ball guy. But yeah, it's probably next to nothing. All right, uh, Washington and Atlanta, nine and a half total. We got Steven Strasburg against Julio Tehran. Um, any interest here in Strasburg? Uh, only because people are not going to want to play him against the uh, Braves in Atlanta. Uh, he. You can't say that he doesn't have upside. So to me, obviously, he could he could put up 40 points even in this matchup. To me, it's just a matter of how owned he's going to be. If he's going to be under 10% owned, I have no problem having a little bit of him. Yeah, um, I, don't, I don't hate him. I don't love him. Um, I, I get the ownership play on him. I would prefer getting the $500 for Bauer just like everybody else. Um I don't mind saving the $900 and going down to Matt Boyd in tournaments. Um, and I, I honestly, I don't think Syndergaard's a terrible play today and we'll get to him in a few minutes, but um, yeah, I just, he's probably not going to make my builds today, but I, I completely understand a low owned Strasburg, always a guy that has upside. It's just, he's not fared well against the Braves in his career. And I hate, I hate saying it, but you know, I, I think that's something we need to note. Julio Tehran on the other side of this game. He's a guy that has been really decent against righties this season and um, a little bit worse against lefties. And by a little bit, I mean a lot. Um, any interest here in Tehran? Uh, I would, but I think he's going to be too chalky. I think at 6,400, uh, he's, he's been pitching well. I This is where I think the bus stop ends for... Like, I, I just think that, like, if Tehran's going to be, like, 28% owned, like, I think there's so much more blow potential against the Nationals uh, on a hot day in Atlanta than is worth his, like, upside for that salary. Like, I'd, I'd rather I'd rather fade it at that point. Now, you tell me Tehran's going to be 14% owned? Sure, okay, I'll have $6,400 Tehran, but I'm more interested in in whatever lefty is on the, the Nationals and even some of the righties. Uh because people are going to play Tehran and that's going to naturally reduce the ownership of the nationals. Yeah. I, I don't hate um, Julio Tehran here. Like you said, if he's going to be super popular, um, you know, that might be a spot that you can kind of get away, but I'll, I'll be honest. Like I'm not super like scared of this Washington lineup anymore. Like, you know, Soto's a guy that, you know, you always kind of have to worry about Rendon you know, Eaton is a guy you don't really worry about hitting home runs, but you know he's a guy that's a threat to get on base. And Trey Turner, if he gets on base, he'll run. So, like, the top end of this lineup is really good, but the bottom of the end of this lineup is really, really struggling. So, for me, I don't think Julio Tehran's a bad play at 6,400 just because I don't think there's a ton of bargain options today. So, 
I think he's I think he's serviceable. Um at 6400, I think he'll give up runs. I don't think it's, you know, a safe start by any means. It's not it's not as good as, you know, facing San Diego in San Diego or facing Miami, which he did in his last two starts before the All-Star break. So um, let's talk bats. Washington bats first. Uh, what do you like here for Washington? Eaton, Soto. I mean, anyone that's lefty, Matt Adams, if he's in the lineup. But if he's not, I like. I don't mind Zimmerman at 3,400. Dozier is a reverse split but kind of batter. So 3,700 fits a, a second base spot. Uh, um, I swear I'm going to get uh, you. You like Roberto Perez. I'm just going to play Yan Gomes until he hits a home run and gets all my money back. And he's 2,700. I may get, <laughs> get like five home runs before you get your one though. So, <laughs> but I played him. I, I play him a bunch too. I love, I love saving money at catcher. So I play Yan Gomes quite a bit. And um, I don't, I don't even remember his last double digit game. So, um, yeah, I don't mind Soto. Um, don't mind Eaton. I just I hate playing Eaton in tournaments. Um, I like Turner. I like Rendon. Um, as far as the Atlanta bats go, I like Free Freeman. Um, I know people hate BVP, but I, I think it's something that you got to look at. And he's just he's had Strasburg's number for a long time now. Yeah, and if you want to go with the platoon advantage at catcher, Brian McCann, lefty, thirty one hundred. Like I, I don't I don't see myself ever stacking against Strasburg, but you know, playing playing the the left-handed bats against them or a power righty, like you know, like Acuna is going to be low owned in that situation. Swanson forty two hundred, he fills a shortstop spot. But like, I'm, even if Strasburg is is lower owned, or I'm not playing Strasburg, and I'm like, I'm not going to go out of my way to take Braves bats. Yeah, like I, I think I and Freeman, Freeman only probably for me. Um, I, I just, like I said, I, I, you know, you look at the batted ball profile, everything lines up and, you know, he's just owned him. So I like Freeman. I don't mind Josh Donaldson. I, I've been saying it all season. This guy is hitting everything really hard and we're really starting to see the home runs catch up with what, you know, has been happening in the advanced stats. So I really don't mind Josh Donaldson. I've been playing him a ton this year and I'm not going to stop. Um, I've been talking about him all year. So do not mind Donaldson or Freeman on the brave side of things. Uh, let's head to Minnesota. We got Oakland at Minnesota. Ten and a half total here. Mike Fires against Kyle Gibson. Gibson, a slight favorite at 142. Um, any interest here in Mike Fires? I typically take bats against him, but like I'm not going to attack the, the twins lineup. But I can't for 7K, I think it's efficiently priced. If you're gonna throw some in, I mean it's not it's not like he's gonna be owned. I mean, the twins have a 5.7 implied run total. But I don't think it's crazy to play him, but that doesn't mean you should. <laughs> yeah, like all these bottom options are, are, are just, you know, you're just hoping you get the right one because um, there's not anyone that is great. And you look at this team and they do have a 23.5% strikeout rate against right-handed pitching this season. So, like, he at least has a little bit of upside um, just, you know, when you're looking at this lineup. But you don't feel good about playing any of these guys, uh, especially in the game that is featuring the highest implied total on the slate. So, um, any any interest here in Kyle Gibson? No, I'm I'm playing I'm playing I'm playing bats in this game. I'm not playing pitchers. Yep let's let's talk bats here. We'll start with Oakland. Um, they're rolling right now. Um, you know, getting no, on the they're road. not. They're not rolling, Stevie. There's one guy that I'm going to get even with. It's <laughs> this is the theme of this podcast. It's all the guys that are going to be playing today that are still too cheap that I'm still going to stupidly play until they finally get me back to oh, even. Yeah, Chris Davis. <laughs> he hasn't hit a home run in over a month. Yeah, he he's been burning a lot of us. That's for sure. But he's thirty five hundred. How do you, I'm gonna, we're going to do it again? How do you not play him? How do you not play him? He's a guy that's hit what forty home runs the past two seasons. Like, how do you not play the third for thirty five hundred? He's he's cheaper than Roberto Perez. How do you not play him? You just play Perez. You, you collect the check. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I like Oakland here. I think they're very much in play. Olsen, Chapman. You know, if you're playing those two, you're probably playing Chris Davis um, and saving some money. So let's do it again. Let's let's run. The, let's roll the dice here with Chris Davis yet again. Um, and you know, hopefully, eventually, uh, eventually, we're gonna make that money back. Um, you know, Jordan. So let's hope it's today. Right on the Minnesota side, I like everyone also against five. But the, these two pitchers are the complete opposites of one uh, one another. Gibson's kind of a ground ball pitcher, but 
Oakland could hit the ball in the air. And then when he fires, he's a fly ball pitcher. And then the twins have a, some of the ground ball guys that you kind of get a, you get a little bit of an upgrade to. So I, to me, I look at this Minnesota lineup and it's like, I literally want to play them all. I mean, Garver's 5,200. I, if he's in the lineup, I'm not a big fan of play. I'd rather Castro be in, but I have no problem with Arias at 3,900, all the outfielders, Polanco, Kepler, Sano, Sano will either strike out three times or hit three home runs. If Jack Cave is in the lineup for 3,300 as a lefty, I don't mind that. Like, Fires, like, has reverse splits. Like, I don't even care about the platoon advantage against him. Just anyone that can hit fly balls, uh, it's a ballpark downgrade for Fires. So just give me, I mean, I could see in this game, it, there's a, there, there could be eight home runs in this game. I mean, it's the highest implied total. So, to me, a Minnesota stack, any which way, five people. I, I don't. I, I, it's in the cards. Yeah, they're a top three stack on the slate. It's not even close. So um, I, I really like them. They could hit like four or five home runs in this game, and I wouldn't be shocked. So really, really like Minnesota. Um, do not forget about them when you're building your lineups today. They're an easy team to forget sometimes. So really like the spot for them. Uh, we got Houston at LA taking on the Angels. We got Wade Miley against Matt Harvey. Um, any interest here in Wade Miley? I never have. He's always too much. If he was like 6,500, sure. But I mean, they, they, the Angels don't strike out that much. If Trout's back, that makes it even worse. They have all these righties. I No, eh, sorry. Yeah, if he was a little cheaper, like if he was 7,200, I'd play him today. Um, like I would like him a lot more than a lot of those guys in that price range. I don't think this is a bad spot by any means for him. I think he goes out and puts up like 15 fantasy points, and that's just not enough at 8,200. So, I, I don't stack against Wade Miley. I respect the fact that he like has embraced this like cutter. I know he gave up three home runs in his last outing to Texas, but I think it's probably the most home runs he's given up um, since he started throwing a cutter, you know, towards the end of last season. So I don't want to play Miley and, you know, Matt Harvey is really, really, really cheap, like really, really cheap. Um, <laughs> that's all he got going for him today. Right. Just being, yeah, really, but, really but, cheap. He, but he's not Glenn Sparkman. He's not Glenn Sparkman cheap. Um, I have zero interest in Harvey today. No chance. No, I, he could he could be free, and I have no interest. Uh, let's talk bats. Um, how many home runs does Alvarez hit off of Harvey? Are we are we doing the BVP thing? No, I'm just saying. Like, how many home runs before? I, I guess Alvarez has to be in the lineup first. Um, he's like, fifty two hundred. He, I don't care. He's going to hit three home runs against Harvey if he okay. plays. Okay. Okay, if he's but I mean I'd rather Reddick. I, I mean they, they could both be in. I mean thirty six hundred. I mean I would uh, rather play Brantley at forty five hundred too. Like right, well, and Altuve so. at forty two hundred. I mean take a look at the like. Oh my god, like, we have expensive bats and cheap bats, but like it makes it so easy to stack because you can do that. You can play Chirinos at thirty four hundred. So I I think the Astros are going to be one of if not the high, the highest on stacks of, of this slate from what i can it tell be, yeah. Yeah. right I and mean, the twins will get some but i mean bregman's 4900 i mean especially if you're going to play like a terron if you play something like bauer terron you could play a five man astro stack no problem you're probably not you're playing one of springer or alvarez you're probably not playing both of them but like to me like it, it's a no brainer against matt harvey in in Angel Stadium to to play these guys. Yeah, it'd be it'd be interesting to see if Alvarez is in there. I know he's dealing with a little bit of knee injury right now, but um, this ballpark has been great for for home runs this season. And I don't know, like people haven't really technically caught on to it too much. So I really like Houston. Everybody really likes Houston. They're going to be the most popular stack. Uh, get creative with your Houston stacks. There's plenty of ways to stack this team. So. As far as the Angels go, I said it. I don't really want to stack here, but um, I don't mind Trout if he's in the lineup. I don't mind Upton or Pulhos, but um, I'm, I, again, I don't really like to stack. I agree with you, and especially when everyone's an outfielder. That is true. Um, Walkie facing Arizona in Arizona, nine and a half total. Zach Davies, Merrill Kelly. Um, any interest here in Zach Davies? Yes, he's. I think he's the, the best cheap pitcher that you should be using on the slate. And okay. silence and silence because if Tehran's gonna if, if Tehran's facing the Nationals and he's gonna be chalky, like Zach Davis is fifty three hundred. Like what? Like yeah, Tehran has better strikeout ability, but Z Davis is actually getting a ballpark upgrade 
going to Arizona. And I know that I stacked the Diamondbacks and I got 19 runs this past night, but I'm typically like, I'm kind of anti Diamondbacks in general. I think they're quite overrated. So I have no problem playing a $5,300 pitcher against them, especially the bottom of their order. Uh, I mean, it depends if Lamb is in. Uh, but if you have Walker and you have uh, like you know, Carson Kelly, you got guys that are have over twenty five percent strikeout rates. So I mean, what what does Davis realistically need to do? He could go deep into a game because his pitch count never gets high. I mean, because he's kind of a contact guy. So if he gives what six innings, three earned runs, four strikeouts, I mean, and the win if the Brewers were, I mean, if he gives you what fourteen points, that's pretty good for fifty three hundred. I hope it works out for you. Um... I'm going to play him with Brad Keller of the early slate and try to do there that. There you go. Um, again, I'm not, calling, I'm not calling you crazy. I learned my lesson. Um, I hear you. I, I hear everything you have to say about Davies. I personally don't like it. I do like the fact the roof is closed. I, I think that is a bump to the pitchers. Um, anytime the roof is closed in Arizona, you know, I, I think it's a bump to the pitchers when the roof is open. It's a massive bump to the hitters. So I don't mind playing pitchers here i just i don't like either one of these guys i'm not a merrill kelly fan i think he's terrible i think he is one of the worst pitchers on the slate i think he's one of the worst pitchers in baseball i i know he continues to go out and have these decent games but he's really not good um and he's gonna he's gonna massive regression like that four era is gonna be like six um he's just terrible it's not gonna be that high but it's bad Right, and that's why for the Brewers, just give me Yelich, Grandal, Mustakas done. Like, give me the lefties, and uh, they they may go under. I don't think they're going to go under the radar because I mean, facing Kelly, people are going to look at the but but people are going to look at Yelich at fifty seven hundred and go, do I play him or do I play Trout or do I play Springer or do I play Alvarez or do I play uh, one of the one of the Twins outfielders? Right, they're going to just sound like I don't know what the the ownership's going to be because. Like stacking the Brewers is going to be tough. I mean, obviously you could use Braun, you could use K- Braun or Kane. I mean, Keston Hero is now up to five K, and that that doesn't seem all that appealing. You're probably not going to put Arce in your stack, and Thames is obviously a pinch hit risk, but you could play him. So I I just don't see a five man being the most optimal, but but definitely the three man. If if people are going to play other guys outside of Yelich, I think Yelich is a better matchup against Kelly than anyone else on the slate has against. Well, I mean, in that price range, like Springer against Harvey. I mean, you say Jordan Alvarez against Harvey, but I, I Jordan Alvarez is 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 young. I'll take Yelich, the, his sample size over Kelly, even in Arizona with the roof closed. Yelich is the best hitter on the slate. It's okay, not you agree with yeah. me? Oh yeah, uh, I, I, not I Roberto agree Perez. More. It's not Roberto Perez. Listen, I like Perez still. Um, okay. Still like the Astros, but. Um, when we're just looking at everything for Kelly, he's a guy that really is giving up a ton of line drives, a ton of hard contact, the lefties, and everything screams regression on his numbers when you start digging into his advanced stats. Um, he really doesn't have that strikeout pitch against lefties. He doesn't he doesn't throw hard enough. Like he's not a, a right-handed pitcher that you know can touch like 95, 96, 97 to get these lefties out with the high cheese. Like he throws 91 miles an hour. He's just not good. Um, for me. I like all these guys that you mentioned. I think Thames is really good over there on FanDuel um, where you can play two first basemen. He's 2,700. Do not forget about Yasmani Grandal on FanDuel either just because you don't have to play a catcher. He's 3K, and uh, he's in a really good spot here. So really like Milwaukee on the road. Um, even with the roof closed, I think they're a really good stack. As far as Arizona bats go, I don't really love anything here. Um, I could see just playing these guys because – I don't think Davies is a guy that's going to really strike anybody out. So I could see maybe getting Marte, Escobar, Walker, Lamb. Um, Lamb's a guy that, you know, I really like. He's probably my favorite play from this team because he's the guy that just strikes out a bunch right now. And uh, facing the guy that pitches the contact, Lamb should be, you know, doing all well, doing okay here. Right. I'd, I'd, I'd like the Diamondbacks more if they were priced reasonably, but they're not. So, I mean, I'd, I'd, I'm, I'm playing Davies against them. There you go. All right, last game in the slate. We got the Mets at the Giants. Uh, seven total here, lowest total on the slate. Noah Syndergaard, Madison Bumgarner, Pickham game. Um, any interest here in Syndergaard? I mean, you have to. I mean, you have to have interest in both pitchers. It's it's a uh, the ball. It's the best ballpark for pitching on this slate, and it's two good pitchers. Neither great pitchers. 
but uh, it's also kind of bad lineups. And and I think that the lineup that Bumgarner is facing is much more advantageous to him than it is for Syndergaard against the Giants. But it doesn't mean I want to play any Giants players. Yeah, like the Giants are on a roll, right? Like they they had that like stretch where they were just scoring a ton of runs. Um, Syndergaard has struggled this season at times, um, but 9,200 for Noah Syndergaard in San Francisco facing the Giants. Uh, we just saw what he did right before the All-Star break against the Marlins in Miami. Like, I, I like this spot for Syndergaard. I know he has uh, the upside. I, I just, this is a spot that I feel like he's just too cheap for the matchup. And, you know, going to the other side of this game with Bumgarner, like, I, I could realistically see, like, on Fantasy Draft and DraftKings, you know, in cash games, playing both of these guys instead of playing like a Bauer um, with like a Tehran, like just playing both these 9K guys, getting 40 fantasy points from my pitching and moving on. Well, I the reason why I think that Bumgarner is a better play is because all the Mets, uh, other than obviously Alonzo, like all the, I mean, McNeil, Conforto, Cano, Smith, I mean, these are all lefties and Bumgarner is still great against lefties. I mean, he's just league average against righties. And then Syndergaard is, I mean, this Giants lineup is like two-thirds lefty. Belt, Sandoval, Dickerson, Crawford, Yastrzemski, Panic. I mean, it. it's not like I'm scared of the bats. But, I mean, you have to downgrade Syndergaard being that most of the lineup he's not going to have the platoon advantage against. So when weighing the two together, like I'm going to go with Bumgarner over Syndergaard and the reason I would play Syndergaard is obviously ownership reasons, but if he if he gets popular, I have no problem having zero of them. Do you like any of the bats in this game outside of maybe like a Pete Alonzo one-off just because he's just that good? But I just I don't see myself using any of the bats in this game. Now, the other reason I use bats in this game is because they're like 2% owned and like a Ramos or an Alonzo because Ramos is cheap and he's catcher eligible. And, and on the other side, like to play the lefties, like... I guess you could play Pablo Sandoval at 3,700. I mean, Brandon Belt against the righty. I mean, I'd prefer playing Belt outside of San Francisco. But, uh, I mean, yeah, as a one-off, sure. But, uh, like, I, I wouldn't stack against either of these pitchers. This is probably the cheapest you'll get Pete Alonso. Um, I don't think he's been under this, like, at this price point in a long time. So, he's always a guy that has power. I know... It's not the greatest matchup in the world, but like you said, Bumgarner is a guy that's kind of more towards league average against righties. So I, I don't mind Pete Alonso at 4,500. Um, first base is always pretty loaded, and there's plenty of options at first base, which you know you don't typically see a first baseman like super popular. So I, I like you know we we talked about Nate Lowe way back when, but I, I think I'd play Alonso against Bumgarner first. I would agree based on the pedigree, sure. All right, let's play the morning grind game using the main slate, and then we'll get out of here. Um, give me a guy under 8K to get um, six or more strikeouts today. Oh, okay, so I can't take Davis because I don't, I don't, I really don't think he's going to get six strikeouts. So under 8K. Oh, who else can I choose? Oh, geez. Okay, I, I maybe <laughs> I'm gonna have this. I, I, I gotta go with. I gotta stay on brand. I gotta go with Davis. I six is is cut is. Uh, let's see if it happens. It's probably not going to happen. Um, no, I, I could say it's most definitely. Well, Sparkman got eight strikeouts out of nowhere, so who knows what could happen. Grant picked Sparkman um, to be his six or more strikeout pitcher that day, too. Um, I'm going to take Tehran. I'll take the chalks. That's fine. Um, give me a guy over 8K to score under 15. Who's your bust pitcher of the slate? I, I could go the easy, easy one would be Wade Midley. All right. Um. Oh man, I don't really like any of these guys to score under fifteen. Um. Give me, give me Strasburg against the Braves. That isn't unheard of yet. They, I mean, they could kill him. Like he, he you know, obviously, like Boyd could get under fifteen. I just, I don't see a route to like these guys getting under 15. I think a lot of these guys score under over 15 outside of Miley, probably um, over 4k to hit a home run. Who's your guy up towards the top that hits a home run today. Okay. So it can't be crush Davis because uh, eventually crush Davis will be 
2,800. So like, like who, who are the guys that I need to get even with? Let's see. I'm, <laughs> I'm starting to look. So oh, what over 4k we're looking at. Yep. yep over 4k. At over, over 4k. I, I I'm, I'm going to, I'll go with the chalk. I'll go Christian Yelich. All right. I'm actually picking the, a, a guy from that team as well. Give me Moustakas. Um, all right. Under 4k to get two hits. Who's your cheap guy to get two hits today? Uh, well, it's not Chris Davis because that it, it's not a question of two strikeouts. Uh, <laughs> all I all all I know is that uh, you have to choose Roberto Perez, <laughs> and I'll choose a catcher. Okay, you, I'll choose a catcher also. Also, uh, all right. I'll, I'll if he's in the lineup only because I have to get even on him is Jan Gomes, and two hits for him is like you, you've already won. Yeah, I'll, I'll take Perez. That's fine. Okay. Um, I was going to take your boy. You mentioned Josh Reddick. Like Josh Reddick's really cheap today. I, I like that two hit game from him. But I will, I will take Roberto Perez. That's fine. Uh, he's my he's so cheap. Line. You got it. He's under four K. That's right. He's been um, waiting all this time. Like I, I'm making sure I lock Perez into my lineup right now, just so I don't forget. Um, give me a guy. Give me a stack. Give me a stack to score six or more runs today. I. Yeah, I got to say the Twins. I mean, that, that. I mean, why not? I mean, the five point seven run total. Uh, I'm going to take Cincy. I, I really like Cincy today. They're a team that I kind of hope flies under the radar a little bit with Houston, Minnesota. Those games that you know we kind of talk about. I hope Cincy kind of goes a little under owned. Um, probably not going to happen, but I really like Cincy today, so I'll take them. But Jordan, it's always fun. Um, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Uh, let's let's hope that uh, we all get even. We all, because it's not just me. Every, everyone's listening out there is like, I've been playing Chris Davis and JD Martinez and all these in Vlad Guerrero for you know a month, and they haven't done anything. So, so if you have them, I have them. Let's 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 all at least get some of our money back. All right. On that note, we're gonna get out of here. Go watch some golf. Um, and um, hope everyone has an awesome Thursday. Good luck in your contest, and we'll see you then.